All right, welcome back to the MindWorks Podcast with Dre and Kev. Today, we got a comeback. Devon is back in the house. Let's go. What's going on, The Tupac Devon? of fitness. The Tupac of fitness. <laughs> welcome back, brother. I was going to bring my bandana, but I didn't want to scare him away. <laughs> no, that, that was funny, doing? man. Man, How's everything been since we last spoke? We last spoke uh, over the summertime. I yeah, definitely. Everything's been yeah. good, man. You know, we're moving into the fall now. Mm-hmm. A baby's here now. Baby's six months now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of changes still, but uh-huh. still making the same headway, same, sp- same space, same, same, uh, same momentum. So... So, yeah, so, you know, we're going to talk today. We're actually going to be talking about seasonal affective disorder mm-hmm. and what is that, right? I guess the acronyms for that is SAD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People get sad during this time period. <laughs> so the interesting thing about seasonal affective disorder is that it actually starts to occur in the current month that we are actually in, which is October. Wow. Okay. Right. And maybe when this podcast is shot, I think we're actually going to release this in November. Okay. (laughs) So basically seasonal affective disorder starts around the October month. Right. And when that happens, you know, even it's very interesting because even as a mental health counselor, I notice in my field that more people actually start uh, requesting services in the month of October. Mm, Okay. And that's when things start to pick up. Usually in the mental health field, you know, I've been in this field for eight years already. So usually what I notice is an uptick in uh, therapy requests or people requesting therapists in the month of October, November, and it picks up again brutally in like the months of January and February. Okay. I think February and also even statistically speaking, seasonal affective disorder actually peaks at February for most people. Right. Yeah. So most people start to report like, you know, the higher feelings of depression and things like that. Mm. People that suffer from such a disorder. So the question is, like, what is seasonal affective disorder? Right. So seasonal affective disorder is symptoms of depression during certain seasonal periods in time. Right. So typically it is found in the fall months and in the winter months. And then spring Everyone seems to be happy. Summertime, I'm basically never busy. <laughs> Clients are doing good. Right, Lots right. of cancellations. People on vacation. You know, the, yeah, the, the yeah. mental health field starts to slow down. Yeah. We don't need you, man. <laughs> yeah, you got you don't this. Need me. Work. So the I'm sun's just, out. Yeah, sun's exactly. Out. Up, man. So it's interesting because I want to sort of reflect on that and then ask you, what is it like in the fitness world? Like, do you notice certain seasonal changes within people and their consistencies and their levels of motivation and how they feel and their workout routines and their progress like what do you notice in the fitness so i i honestly notice the same thing so Mm -hmm. um i would say definitely during the during the fall to winter months Mm -hmm. there the the energy changes seems to change yeah um and before i really knew about sad Mm -hmm. uh and i thought it was seasonal affect disorder it is affective seasonal affective affective disorder affect is affect is like a person's current emotional state that you can recognize right? right so seasonal affective is that person's emotional state during that seasonal period. Right. Uh-huh. Got it. So before I even knew what that term was, mm-hmm. I did notice that there was a drop or it felt like something changed with the energy. Mm-hmm. Like people, people came in, they were a little more moody um, after coming from work yeah. or it seemed like it took a little bit more motivation from me, a little bit more motivation from me to get them really excited about working out. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I didn't really know what it was um, early on, but now mm-hmm. I do see that there's a, a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I do notice that, but I think for me on the flip side, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people that realize that they are going through this, that there's mm-hmm. something that is affecting them, something environmentally that's, that's affecting them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get the opposite. Mm-hmm. I get people that show up less to the gym because, during this time of year. Oh, um, yeah. So okay, they show up. Okay. They're showing up less. Oh, they showing up less to the gym. I mean, you do sense. have those. You do have those people. Those clients that understand, like, hey, I should be around more people. I should be moving my body yeah. and doing all those things that are going to be therapeutic for me during this time of year. But I get the. I get the. Definitely get the opposite where people there's there's a drop off in the gym, gym turn during this time of year. There's a drop off mm-hmm. in how people are working out. But the, even more so, the people out of there, there is there tends to be a drop off in energy. Um, but for the ones that stay and push through it, the energy seems to kind of taper or doesn't get any less. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so the, for, the, for the clients that, I, that know and express to me like, hey, they are affected by depression and things like that. They understand that fitness is a way to keep them feeling well, you know, to keep them feeling how they felt during the summertime. So I try to focus on that and try to focus on those clients and let them know like, hey, listen, this is definitely a way for it to be more therapeutic. And like we spoke about last time. If you need even more support, if you feel like you need even more support, you know, definitely therapy 
hand yeah, goes hand yeah. in hand with get fit, well, with fitness. They right. they say summer bodies are made in the winter, right? <laughs> so I can see that being a flip from where we're at as mental health counselors, because during the summer, yeah. your people want to get right. Yeah, right, right. right. Like, like our clients the- usually they feel good already with the sun and everything going. Yeah. I guess you know, and I was sharing a little bit about myself too, who I fell off a bit. What would you advise or what do you recommend to folks who are kind of going through these swings? During seasonal swings. During this season? Yeah. During this season specifically, due to seasonal affective affective disorder, mm-hmm. definitely keep doing the things that make you feel well. Keep doing the things that make you feel well. Keep doing the things that keep you energized. Get around the right people that make you feel energized and like full of life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely uh, focus on your eating during this time. So uh, we, we didn't really go into it spe- uh, very specifically at our last time I was here. Yeah. But fruits, vegetables, eating a lot of fruit, ve- uh, fruits that are in season. So like your or- orchard fruits, apples, um, there are some melons that are in season right now. Root vegetables are really good. Eating soups are really good during this time. Yeah, you know, so um, sweet potatoes, yams, things like that. Uh, those foods are really going to, like, power you through, like, give you the energy. You know, and I think I think during this time as well, what goes hand-to-hand is, like, more drinking, right? Mm-hmm. More alcohol, like, more heavy foods. Like seasonal. More, yeah, uh, more of those more seasonal chocolate, foods. Halloween the holidays, you know what I'm saying? Like, depending on, where you, depending on where you're from, it's like, grandma's, grandma's for my, my Haitians, right. coquito for my... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's so many... Eggnog, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like yes, all those different, like, drinks. It's like... They make us feel good. In, I'm in, over here smiling. <laughs> I feel good already. Someone's like, give me some warm apple cider right now with bourbon. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, those things make us feel good in a moment. But I'm sure as you can speak on this too. But when it gets to a point to where it makes us feel debil- debilitated and numb and not wanting yeah. to move, that's when it's no longer good. You know, so stay, stay on top of your nutrition. Drink water. Water's great. Water with lemon during this time. Um... Get outside. If you can do an outdoor workout, if it's not too cold, like get outside for a walk. We have a I have a dog now. So nice. like it forces us to get outside for a yeah. walk. Like and yet, you know, the vitamin D, the sunlight, yeah. it's important. It's important. If your vitamin D is already low, you might check with your doctor. You might need to supplement the vitamin D, but stay active. You know, yeah. do workouts that are gonna make you feel like alive. You know, so maybe, maybe during this season, you wanna get into some more like weightlifting or more like crossfit type exercises as opposed to like going outside for a run during early early morning because it's still dark you know i know a lot of people that love to do like cardio and like to do classes either late at night Mm -hmm. maybe try to get a workout in or get a walk in early in the day where you get more sunlight so i would say just continue to do the things that really make you feel good continue to eat the same ways that you know are going to give you more energy because you're going to need as much energy as possible right now yeah yeah no i hear you I feel like, um, you know, one thing to say also is that, you know, obviously not everyone suffers from seasonal affective yeah. disorder. Uh, there's definitely, like for myself, for example, I find myself personally working out more during the winter months. Mm, okay. I, I have no clue why. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but like I, I do. And like I, I find myself sort of struggling more workouts during the summer months. It, is it because, I got a question for you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that because during the summertime, like you just want to be out more. So you're like, let me get out. Let me not be in clothes in the gym. And it's like, I need something to do. Is it? Yeah. I think it's just more like, to me, I think I'm conditioned by like mm. school and stuff, you know, summer vacation. Oh, like got that. it. Right, I think right, I'm right. like conditioned to feel in my mind that summer is actually meant for like relaxation and mm. kind of just to chill and lay back, That's heavy. Throw, throw a tomahawk on the grill and start <laughs> grilling it with some bourbon whiskey on the side. Got it. You know got what I mean? That's it. just like how I, how I feel like, cause I'm conditioned like summer is always the fun season to do things. And also I think, like I mentioned before with work, work usually tends to die down in this field in mental health counseling. So there's less clients, less things are happening I feel for some reason, and I think for some people, I think it really goes to the subjectivity of people's work ethics. Yeah. Like, I think, and also uh, people's, like, consistencies. Like, I, I feel when I'm consistent with work, it's it generalizes to everything else in my life mm. and become consistent. Yeah. So if I'm consistent with one thing, I become consistent with everything else. And, you know, like, that's just how I function as an individual is through consistency. So once something goes off, like summer vacation starts to happen, things start to flow off. I start flowing off along with that. Understood. Kind of. yeah. So um, it's not a matter for me. I think I guess it's not a matter of my affect. I think it's just a matter of my own environment and the things that happen during that time period. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I think I think just to add to that really quickly, I think that's 
And, you know, every one of the podcasts that you guys shoot and, and that we talk about, I think it's, it's really about being mindful about how you're feeling during certain times mm-hmm. and, and the feeling that you get from doing certain things. So I think if anyone is going through seasonal affect disorder, mm-hmm. tap into the things or tap into the people that make you feel good, tap into therapy, tap into a trainer, like a coach that you know, like, I need these supports right now. So I think it's about being really mindful about your schedule too. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I definitely, I work with so many clients that always express the whole idea that, you know, when the season starts to dim down, when the light starts to go down, I definitely, I hear them say, I feel more depressed and, mm. and things like that. And I hear it. So I understand for some people, it definitely has an effect on them. But for others, it, it's, it's different. You know, I think people are more, their mental health is more based on, sort of like their environment. I also think, once again, it goes into the idea of personality. Me, myself, I'm more of that personality type that I'm adaptable. Like, I can adapt to environments pretty quick. I could get along with anybody. Like, I'm very adaptable. I'm almost like a chameleon. So once my environment starts to throw off, I get thrown off the same way. I'm very, like, you know, uh, basically kind of like just an adaptive person. Like, adaptable. I don't know. Like it's it's personality based too. Understood. I feel like. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually I do have some mild seasonal affect disorder. I'm not okay. gonna lie, mm-hmm. um, and I really had to hone in on that last year working with my own therapist as well, because I didn't really know what was going on. I just knew that the winter sucked, mm-hmm. right? And now I'm kind of understanding and taking preventative measures, i.e., the gym, eating healthy. Like that's one and two, and right, they're, right. they're honestly just one. They're not even one and two. They're one. Uh, making sure I stay fit. Making sure my body is still in tune like not letting go of that i think has been very important for me i'm i'm a big believer in uh our biological and our genetic makeup mm. my people don't come from winters and colds and like right. some other european folks you know like i'm from the coast you're like costeño like we're we eat what's given from the ocean right we're fishermen right. where right. you know um that's where my people come from and i'm sure like other people and their uh, genetic makeup. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big believer that makes, yeah, no, that I makes believe too. you yeah. know, like generations and generations on we're getting sun 11, 12 months out of the year. Right. And we've been put in these other areas around the world where it's not, you know, as sunny throughout the year, you know, it, temperatures change, colder weathers, you know, our biological makeup sometimes is not built for that. Yeah, yeah. So what Kevin's saying, get to that cubicle. That's it. Get to that cubicle that's near the near the window. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get feel Get that you. sun yeah. in. Yeah. Even that's, if it's that's... a little bit. Even if it's through the clouds. Even if it's through True. the clouds. I right. hear that you, it's still, there's some effect on, you know, positive effects of getting some sun. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, I think that sometimes for people, they they think that these little things that we're talking about right now don't make big changes mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't take the necessary steps. Yeah. And it's like they just go through these next couple months um, just really feeling down and feeling like uh, this is how I normally feel. So there's yeah. nothing I can do about it. Yeah. yeah and I think you that's know? why when I work with individuals like that, it's, you know, with the cognitive behavioral stuff, you kind of have to like help people sort of reframe the way they believe in that. Right. Mm. I think I think to some degree putting a, 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 like a connotation on seasonal affective disorder and like putting it out there makes people like connect to that and then start to believe that that's what they are. That's what I have. That's, that's what, what I have. I got, like, I got that. I have that's that, right? Like I, I have this, this I'm, you know, I have that, right? And like I think the belief plays a huge role in it. But, I, I, you know, it's interesting when you try to challenge people's beliefs on it because it's kind of like saying, are you telling me to go against the science? And like are you trying to tell me to go against what – you utilize to understand people's problems kind of and i'm just i think you know you could really reshape and reframe how you look at it i mean i always tell people who suffer from it to kind of be more appreciative about the things that you have during those seasons Mm. you know like kind of like practice gratitude be thankful that you can wake up another day and kind of look at it like a blessing or something and i also try to help people reframe that belief in many different ways it's very subjective to the individual i think sometimes um it's just about finding it's definitely about finding positives and negative situations and trying to really hone in on that. I think people can do that. I think it's possible. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. One, one thing that we spoke about when we first came in is the nutrition part. Can you yeah. like fill us in a little bit more? Cause I know the first time around yeah. you kind of touched on it and you're kind of touched on it now, but I feel like it's so important. And yeah. So time. I would, I would, there, there's, there's certain things. Um, I, I, I would say that there are a couple key things that everyone should be doing, right? There's, there's research, that, research that has come out that says that 
especially for someone that's very that's an active person, I would say at least mm-hmm. active doing something that's non-exercise activity for 30 minutes or more per day, right? I would call that an active person. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a desk job, that's not a very active you know, form of work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you should be drinking half your body weight in ounces of water or wow. close to that. I tell my clients 80 to 100 ounces of water you should yeah. be drinking on a daily basis. The recommended daily uh, amount that someone should be drinking is like eight cups of water a day, okay. which is 64 ounces. Hmm. So if you're coming to work out with me, you're definitely going yeah, yeah, yeah. to be sweating a lot of that out. So I would say push that to 80 to 100 ounces of water. Um, 80 to 100 ounces of water. And what type of water? Like, let's not get carried away with the water. Yeah, Whatever you feel is the best, water. right? right. It's, so much, yeah, it's so much. Yeah, it is so much. Like, oh, should I drink it out of a glass bottle? Should I drink it yeah, out of a copper? Out of a box. What, whatever water. you have, the, if you, whatever, whatever are the best resources that you have and yeah. that you can get that water in, get it, get it in. Now, um, there are also, you know, things like I personally tend to stay away from pre-workouts and things like that. I think that there are natural foods that you can get yeah. that'll raise your electrolyte levels, um, ra- naturally raise and put good sodium into your body because we do need sodium. And I know when people start, tend to eat, uh, tend to work out more, you know, they cut a lot of things out of their diet. Mm-hmm. So one of my things that I like to do is add for every half a gallon of water, I might have like, I may add half, a t- not even half, like a, uh, a pinch of sea salt or like pink Himalayan salt to my water, right, for electrolytes, and also squeeze lemon in it, right? Squeeze lemon, or some people like to do key limes. You can also do uh, co- coconut water. I wouldn't necessarily do apple cider, apple cider, apple cider vinegar, um, but I'm saying specifically for the energy boost. Oh, okay. So if you look at something that's like, like a Gatorade, right? Yeah. The main ingredients in Gatorade is the water, it's a sodium, right? To keep you, to keep you, to keep your body hydrated. And then of course they got the flavoring in there, whatever the flavoring and the color, coloring. So you want to remove those things. Stay away from the so when we talk about nutrition for specifically, I don't think there's anyone across the board. Uh, for those that don't know, I eat plant-based, yeah. right? If you ask oh, someone that eats plant-based, eats keto, pescatarian, artificial foods, uh, ultra processed foods, you want to take out your diet right now. Point blank, period. Point blank period. Chips, you want, chocolate, candy. You want to take those out. You want to take those out. Soda. I mean, it just sounds weird eating fish with a Gatorade. <laughs> like, what I mean, f- I, would, I would eat that. Not, not, not like that. You know, no, no, no. But you want to take, I'm, I'm just saying as far as the water goes, but yeah, you want to yeah, drink yeah. that type of water, but. <laughs> fish and Gatorade. Seven, like, that's weird. Listen, whatever it, whatever it takes. But um, remove ultra processed foods from your diet, take right? Um, there, 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 again, there's some studies and research and people should do their own research. There's certain foods for sure if you're drinking foods that are heavily in sauce if you're drinking foods that are like high in like a lot of flour um my bad you're making me hungry no, if, you're drinking, <laughs> if you're eating foods that are high in flour and yeah, don't like yeah. so the pastries you want to cut out like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. the bagels first thing in the morning with the cream cheese with the with the or the muffins first thing in the morning if your job has those things go for something that's a little bit more whole do like maybe a whole grain bread or like an avocado toast you can do eggs you can do a yeah. do a do a do an omelet or something like that or you do fruit i know there's some people like that like to do intermittent fasting mm-hmm. which is also really good too like you don't have to you we, we live in a world where food is so accessible right yeah. food is so accessible yeah. most americans now we're, we're seeing so much more obesity mm-hmm. like i think the numbers are like 33 percent of people are obese jeez I, and then the number for like people being overweight is like close it's to like fifty percent. Isn't the people? Jeez. Isn't the amount of right? people that work out like five percent of the United States? Something 10%? like that. Like so even if you get numbers. to the gym two times a, two times a week, you're like, like a unicorn. Yeah. yeah, legit, yeah. legit. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about when you think about it like that, there's not just a there's not just an issue with the type of foods that we're consuming, but we're just consuming so much more food. Mm. I mean, think about before we had access Jeez. to. Diff- different apps or that you can order food. You have to make your own food. Right. We're just talking right. about a couple generations ago. Right. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You have yeah, to make yeah, your own yeah, food. Yeah. So if you wanted a burger or something like that, like you have to go to the store and get the, or the butcher, you have to go mm-hmm. get the meat and then you have to like either buy the bread or make the bread, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. now we can just, we can, I can order a burger from four different places right, right. now. And if I want, and it'll be here in 30 minutes. Yeah. And then if I want a dessert, I can order that too. Yeah. I can yeah, order yeah, the burger yeah. and the dessert at the same time and so get it much more accessible. Yeah. It's I don't crazy. even have to walk to it and burn it off anymore. Nothing. You know, so I think, so going back to the nutrition piece, intermittent fasting is it something else that I, I like to do. And it's just as simple as, hey, if you're not hungry, don't eat. Yeah. And you have to know your body. If you're not that hungry, 
don't you may not need to eat right now or if there's a specific time in the day i tell there's some of my clients that like this and you have to figure out what what makes you tick right so that's right, where right. you get that's where you that's why you get a trainer you get a coach mm-hmm. because some people are just overeating so much and this is why we feel so heavy that's why we have yeah. the brain fog and things like that it's, it's, the, it's, there yeah. might be there might be times where you go and you have uh, i'm gonna finish up on this note yeah, but sure. there might be times where you maybe don't have breakfast right mm-hmm. you don't have that first meal until like 12 or 1 it's usually me yeah, and then you have your next meal at around like six or so, and you're yeah. fine. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you don't have to have that muffin, that bagel first thing nah, in the morning. You're not so, die. stay exactly. Ex- that's what I want to get to. You're not. So, mm-hmm. starting off with a fruit, starting off with like uh, something so, uh, like drinking water first thing in the morning is one of the best things you could do. Start to hydrate yourselves um, with every meal. One of my non negotiables every meal, maybe outside of breakfast, you have a vegetable with every meal. Oh, yeah. Have, have a vegetable with every meal. Lunch and dinner. Has a meal and has a vegetable in it. Yeah. Definitely, my, bur- my burger usually has lettuce and tomatoes. <laughs> my man, sometimes pickles. My, my man with the burger. My man <laughs> with the burger. You know, is, so is, is but, burger pretty? Is burgers even that bad? Like when I think about it, sometimes yeah. you have like a burger meat and then you have the carbs that Canadian you need. Canadian bacon. This, this is what people do to justify <laughs> their, their their poor behavior. So no, what I what yeah, I am the protein, what, the carbs. I, I like that. Is so what I, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say to that is that I think there's a hierarchy on how people should look at their health and fitness, right? Yeah. So the hierarchy is you look at your health first, you think about your health first. Mm-hmm. So for someone that's hypertensive, diabetic, high cholesterol, but they're trying to get like, so the, the hierarchy is health, performance, and then aesthetics mm-hmm. or health, uh, health. So health would be all of your, any health issues or ailments the, that and, you have. And the health part is like very subjective. The health part, the health part is, is at the top. It's like, so, sub, is it subjective for the to person? Individual? Yeah, to, exactly. Like subjective, like to subjective. The, subjective to the person. Yeah. So let's say for instance, I get a client that comes into me and they want to get bigger, like, they, you know, more they, meat on their bones. Like, <laughs> let's say, you know, let's <laughs> say they want to, let's say they want to lose weight specifically, okay, right? They're yeah, like, yeah. Hey, or, or, not just the weight. Let's say they want to get like a more toned, yeah. toned abs or something. Let's just yeah, say gotcha. like a generic, generic person, right? Mm-hmm. But that same person on our initial consultation, they're hypertensive. They might have, di- they might be diabetic. Mm-hmm. They might have high cholesterol. Before we even start talking about all the exercises that they need to be doing, we got to pinpoint what foods they should be eating, what health promoting foods they should be putting in their diet, yeah. and which, which ones they should be cutting back on mm-hmm. to promote better health. Mm-hmm. Because if you feel better, then you'll be able to put out more energy that's going to ultimately get you the aesthetic goal and, that you want. And how do you think that can influence gotcha. seasonal affective disorder? Uh, in, in a positive way. Positive in, a, in a completely so, positive so way. You're going yeah. to feel better. And I know there's so many people that you know talk about semantics. And when, I, when we use the word diet, hmm. I mean, if you look up the word diet, it simply means what that person eats or what, mm-hmm. that, specimen, that, you know, what that animal, organism, person what that person eats. So that's how I'm using the word diet. Just want to be clear. Yeah. Know, right now is a very, it's a very touchy time where you yeah. can't say certain yeah. words. Certain <laughs> words are very triggering. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? I see the, the, I see the, the mind the, works. The, the Lizzo effect. Yo, bro, listen. It's crazy right now. <laughs> Not me. So, I'm right, I want to try it. Like, you Lizzo know what I'm saying? Effect. You know, so I want to live it. So, right, I live it, right? So wh- whatever it is that, that feels good for you, so that's 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 the hierarchy that I would say. Look at your health first. So when it comes to that burger, like, yeah, does that mean I can I can have a burger? I would say get it from the best source. Get maybe grass fed beef, gotcha. like ninety three percent lean beef. Yeah, when you yeah, do yeah. get when you get bre- bread or like burger buns or whatever, look at the ingredients. Gotcha. Make sure that there's no um, GMOs in it or bioengineered foods. That's another thing. Yo, right no, now, right right now, right now in the U.S., the food is crazy. Like yeah. when there's other countries, did you hear about California about yeah. the banned Skittles? Yeah, because of the red dye in yeah. it and the, the fact and they're banning Skittles. So, so this is what this is what All I'm that. saying. So people don't we we. We cannot, I'm not going to say that there is not room to have balance, right? But when you're already unbalanced, it's not a time for you to be eating off of your diet, right? Let's get your health in check first. Let's get, let's get you off or get you cutting back on some of those medications. So yeah, if you want to have a burger, like definitely go get grass fed beef. From the best sources. There are people that may say that that's not even the best thing. But yeah. you do the best you can with the resources that you have. That's what I'm going to exactly. say. I'm going to say don't go for the potato bread first, right? You know, look for something that has less ingredients, less bioengineered food, mm-hmm. uh, foods, no dyes in there. Yeah. Um, you know, in a perfect world, you can make your own bread and things like that. But, yeah, so you do that one meal out the day. If you have three meals per day for the, for the entire course of the week, that's 21 meals in a week, in a week right? Yeah. If out of those 21 meals, you eat out two of those meals and everything else is like all health promoting, 
you would be in a much better place than if most of those meals were not health promoting, you know? Mm, your weight would be lower, yeah. you'd be leaner, you'd be able to get to your goals faster, and plus you'd feel a whole lot better. And, and also, like, with the health stuff, I was watching this documentary on, like, um, Okinawa, Japan. Yes, and how Blue Zones. It, yeah, with the centurions. Okay. Yep. Centurions? Centenarians, yeah. Centenarians, yeah. centenarians. And the centenarians, they eat... They, you know, one of the things I took from that documentary was something really interesting, which is they eat in moderation. Yeah, yeah. I think it was called uh, Hara, Harahachibu. Harahachibu, yeah. Harahachibu. Yeah. Eat like, to 80%. Yeah, eat like, yeah. so like you feel 80% full. Right. Or like 70%, I forgot what it was, but like yeah, something along the lines. Like and it was actually a very interesting sort of thing to point out. And like, yeah. that, you're talking about health. That's something to really consider. And you know, ever since watching that documentary, I've been doing that myself. Like, I'll be like... Thinking like, okay, I think I'm full at this point. Like, I'm pretty much there. So that's how now I've been eating lately. It's like right. just like making sure I'm like 70 to 80% full. And I notice myself, it does feel better right. doing that. Right. Like I feel better. Like I don't feel too full and I don't feel like not as full. I just, you don't feel heavy. You, you don't feel, feel bogged down. Yeah, right? I feel perfect. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> now, you can, now, you can run around, now you can run around after the kids. You, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I can run around after the kids and grab them. Yeah, like, you know. Yo, there is... Um, that's crazy, though. I, I, you know, again, we're, we're speaking about feeling well. We're speaking about seasonal affect disorder and... and Affective disorder. Affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder. We're going to get that, okay? We're talking about sad, right? Seasonal affective disorder. Right? I think... We're, we're at a time right now, and, and I've said this before many times, mm-hmm. hunger, can, food can't fix what hunger didn't create. Wow. And a lot of times we, yeah. we use food, and I see it in, in clients, I'm, I'm sure you see it in mm-hmm. clients as well. A lot of times people mask the, or, or try to fill the voids in their life with food For sure. or, or with oh, other man. things that are, are, are I- I- immediate, going to give you that good feeling but then immediately afterwards it's like why did i do that you know so food can't fix what hunger didn't create so if you are using food to mask some type of void or like to feel better about uh uh you know or stress stress, right i had a long day at work like i'll get clients that and this is where this is this is where you come in this is this is where we come in and and our two fields are not siloed there's like it's not either or it's and right right. so it's 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 important that People realize, hey, if I want to, so again, we talk about the hierarchy. If I want to get to that lean body, put on some, put on some, you know, muscle mass. I want to get the the smaller waistline. I want to get the abs and things like that. Mm-hmm. I can't be doing the things that are going to affect my health and affect my mental health. Yeah. I can't be doing the things that are going to be detrimental to. So that. maybe you got to put in that hierarchy, psychological stuff. Yeah, psychology yeah, health, yeah. That, that, all of that goes in health for me. All, all that, that goes. goes yeah, I want to make sure health. that's not oh, that's, okay. that's, that's not separate. Mental, health. physical, health. everything, uh, everything, mental, holistic, physical, emotion, everything, that's everything, holistic, everything. Because if we talk about if we talk about it from a spiritual standpoint yeah, too, yeah. our body's a temple, yeah. right? Yeah. So we should only be putting the best things in our body, so to make sure that that temple is whatever you believe in. The temple is the best possible place to 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 you know praise or fi- fulfill the purpose that we've been put on this earth by God or whatever you believe in the higher power, mm-hmm. right? So if your temple is clogged up with things, literally and figuratively, if your thoughts, if you can't think straight, you're not going to be able to live at your highest self or highest value. You're not going to be able right. to move around at your highest self and be the best you that you can be. Yeah, no, it's Ooh. true. But I, I would say also that, you know, I've known clients, Thanks, and this is something that, you know, I, I've seen clients that have depression and anxiety, but still maintain a pretty mm. workout lifestyle and still, but still suffer from that. You mm. know, and I kind of question those clients. I'm, I'm sort of like interested, like, you know, why do these individuals, why are they still suffering from depression when they're doing the things that they're supposed to do? It's like they got to push themselves. I think at that point, it's a very biological thing. Right. To some degree that those are like the the biologically driven and anxious and depressed individuals. Right. And sometimes I think people's depressions and anxieties come from their environment as well. But I do feel for some people, I've seen people who are anxious that do work out on a daily basis, but still have anxiety. I, I do believe maybe the, maybe the workout helps them feel. Yeah, I, I do believe. No, no, no. So let me, let me rephrase that. It is now that I'm thinking it is more the clients that are anxious that are able to still work out and Mm. do what they got to do. So, but it is the clients that suffer from depression that I think the exercises does help those people more, like the depressed individuals. I feel like with people who suffer from anxiety, then it goes into the idea of anxiety being more of a personality trait mm. rather than uh, a biological thing. And I've noticed that working with people that, yeah, you, even 
you know, people who have mild to moderate general anxiety, they still, they still go to the gym. They still work out. And then they go home and they worry about what they're going to eat mm, or what wow. they're going, what they're going, you know, so they get, so it's like neuroticism. And I think it's, a, it's important to distinguish neuroticism as a personality trait to some degree. Some people are just, that's just part of their personality, mm. you know, and like, that's just part of who they are. So they'll. Maybe even get anxious about going to the gym. Kind of yeah. Like I have to go to the gym. Like if I don't, I'm not going to, you know, and that, and that anxiety serves both a negative and a positive. Thing. Right. Right. Because if you're worrying about, oh, I didn't work out today and you're constantly thinking about it and you overthink it, then you're more motivated to maybe do something about it. Right. Right. So it's interesting how anxiety can play a positive role and also a negative role to some degree. I'm going to say this and putting myself like on a chopping block. I am not at the physical fitness level right now that I'd like to be, but I'm also in the headspace right now that I understand during this season of my life, being married now, having a six month old, running a business, running multiple businesses, uh, wanting to have balance with my finances. This is exactly where I need to be to be in a clear mindset. Yeah, yeah. When I was training to compete in 2014, 2015, I was super, I was that person, super neurotic about getting to the gym, hitting my macros, uh, uh, great looking body on the outside, yeah. but on the inside, and people didn't see this, my business was failing. My business was failing. I wasn't doing that well. Didn't really have the best relationship because it was for me at that time, it was just it was just about the gym. Yeah. It was just about the look. So I was very I, I was very out of balance. Harahachi so boo. So I, I, was, <laughs> I was very out of balance, yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah. for, for some people looking on the outside, they might have saw a really fit mm. body, a really fit Devon. Oh, my God. He's, he's in the gym six yeah. days a week. He's posting about it. He's in the gym in the morning. And he was, I was doing two days at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I Damn, felt but, but I, I felt unbalanced. Right. Yeah. I, I felt really un, I felt really unbalanced. So I think that, again, it's easier to look on the outside and, and, and we're dealing with clients on a one-on-one level. So we know the inner workings of people, yeah, but I think that for, for us all and for people looking at others on the outside, a lot of times we don't know how, what it is someone's actually dealing with. So that them, them going to the gym may be the part of their life that they can control. Yeah. You know, that's the part of their life that they can control. And that's the one thing that they're holding on to and keeping them intact and everything else is kind of falling apart. And the mm-hmm. ones, and there are some people who, don't go to the gym at all, and they're like, they're fine. Their lives are fine. They're, you know, or they're they're yeah. they're not in the they're not in the gym. But right now, they're they're finding that balance for themselves and living in a time where they can they, so, they're coping well. I think for the finding that balance is also attributed to some sort of meaningful stuff, like right. whatever meaning you have in your life. This is why some people can be very happy and not be in the gym because they're probably doing something that serves them or fulfills them even more right. in a meaningful way. Right. And this is why every time I work with clients as well, I'm always emphasizing on the fact like. What is your meaning? Like, what, mm. what, are you, what, are, what do you find meaningful? And some people, when they come in all depressed, their lives seem almost meaningless. Oh, wow. So, like, you kind of have to fill that individual meaningful stuff by exploring what are the things they like to do? What are some hobbies? What are, you know, not everyone's favorite thing to do is go to the gym. Right. And, hey, like, I, I encourage it. I think exercise <laughs> is definitely movement is good. I think yeah, movement, yeah. even in the uh, centenarians, those in, in, individuals in Okinawa, they they move around a lot. Like right. They practice certain, certain body movement exercises and things like that. I mean, you know, it's interesting. So I, I think when it comes to depression, there's a lot of meaninglessness that individuals may experience. And it's, I guess, your job as an individual or someone who's suffering from depression to maybe try to look for meaning, even in the littlest things. Mm. Like any little thing could be meaningful. You can make meaning out of anything, really. Right. And I think that's something that I emphasize with clients sometimes when I, I work with them as de- being when they're depressed. And it's it's hard for them to get into the gym because they're so depressed. So, you know, they struggle with waking up in the morning. They have um, a lack of what is known as self-efficacy. Mm. Self-efficacy is the, the self-awareness or the self-knowledge that you know you can accomplish something. People who suffer from depression lack self-efficacy. So you kind of want to enhance that by tuning that individual to find meaning within their life. And once they find meaning, they're able to then grab the motivation to get into the gym, uh, even in different seasons, mm, right. like uh, whatever it is, when you notice that your life is more full of meaningful context, your mental health kind of gets better. Right, that. right. So, that unconditional reason why, like we talk about. Oh, yeah, song. yeah, the unconditional reason why. <laughs> unconditional reason why. Still, still you know? I utilize that one too a lot of times. The unconditional reason why is a meaningful reason. Right. 
That's that's what it is. Once you find that why, that is the meaningful context of that answer. It's right. Like, why are you doing this? Oh, because I want to, you know, lose weight. Okay, losing weight to you is meaningful. Why? You know, like what is what is the meaningful thing about losing weight? Like what is meaningful? Oh, it's better for my health. I can probably sleep better. I can feel better. Yeah. Uh, that's meaningful stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a general meaning. I feel like there's more meaning subjectively in people's lives. Yeah. And you know, Even this is deeper. why. Yeah, this is why I always encourage people. The most meaningful thing in my life experience is being a parent. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, like I noticed myself becoming way more motivated after so having... So you're I, saying everybody should become a parent. I, no, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Not everybody. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. No, I, I think some people don't. Yeah, Kev, let's go. Let's go. Slack it. Come on, Kev. Kev. Go. I'm going to put you on my, on my friend. I'm going to put single. you on to my, my girl's friend real quick. I'm single, by the way. Everybody out there watching. Yo, what about the matchmaker on here? The matchmaker. Next episode of Mindworks. Mindworks matchmaker. Match made in heaven. Right. I think one point where you were touching on before, and always comes up in my head, because I've never been much of like a junk food guy yeah but some of my friends have and i've always found the interesting one question i've always asked is are you hungry or are you craving comfort mm. Ooh, that's and, a good one. and i think that, that goes super deep oh, psychologically don't, don't even start me with comfort right are because you? i think that this goes back to sigmund freud right our oral sexual stage where we want comfort from our uh moms we want comfort from our dad we want to feel safe feel secured and mm. comforted in those hard times being a baby. And I think if a lot of those things go unsolved and unresolved, as we get older, we see a lot of oral fixation. Mm. That'd be cigarettes, smoking, overeating. Um, and then if we get stuck in other uh, stages, we get stuck in other fixations, such as over-sexualizing um, and other addictions and things. So I think that overeating is, is in part part of like an addiction. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, yeah. I I definitely do realize that food addiction food addiction is a real thing. Yeah, you know, um, and and I'm sure you could speak to that topic. But oh yeah, eating uh, disorder. If you feel like if you feel like you're at the point right now where it's like I've tried everything and I've exhausted all options, or even if you haven't, you know this this is why therapy comes in into play and someone else that can look at you on a whole based on what you tell them yeah i get, I get a lot of clients like that and help like one, you and help you through that process one, one thing I, I get a lot with female clients is like this idea of losing weight mm -hmm. like toning down but struggling with that i think i don't know what it is exactly i know it definitely has there's always the dieting thing and i think that's why you probably have a point like when i noticed that when i asked the clients what is it that you feel you're doing wrong and then They'll sort of say, like, I eat out maybe twice a week or whatever. So I'm like, maybe that's the problem. You know, maybe your body is, is different and it's probably geared towards being more like on the heavier side okay, guess, yeah. to some degree. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed that some women struggle with that. Like, what what is, I guess, what do you notice with women like that? Because I do notice the, once again, the neurotic tendencies yeah. about that. Like, I yeah. noticed the neuroticism, like oh my God, like my body is this and I'm worried that I'll never be able to get this like flat stomach and, and you know, curvy waist and whatnot. And and it's like, is, is it the neuroticism that's making you not? Because that neuroticism is stressful. Right. You know, when you think about the biology of the human system with stress and stuff like that, you know that uh, cortisol is a stress hormone yes. that pumps through your kidneys actually. Right. And when right. you're overly stressed, constantly like chronically stressed, that's where you probably gain or lose most of your weight yes. in your abdomen area. So this is something that you might want to consider if you are kind of like heavily neurotic about your own body uh, appearance. You want to make sure that that's not something that's stressing you out because maybe it's the stress of the overthinking constantly of your body that's causing you not to lose that area of weight. I mean, I don't know what you see in here. Oh clients. man, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm gonna try not to get you canceled. I'm gonna try to, <laughs> I'm gonna try not to get everybody canceled up here right now. So <laughs> be inclusive, be inclusive. If it's the truth. Your spouse may not want to hear this or see this at this point. Just flip away from this right now. <laughs> I tend to find, and this is something that we spoke about before. We spoke about uh, coming up here, you know, talking about different topics during this point. Yeah, I find that. Specifically, working with a female-dominated industry mm. in the sense of that's the amount of the type of clients that I come to, right? Being inclusive, that for the ones that do have a spouse that's not in alignment with their same fitness goals, they struggle even more, mm. right? Mm. So, of course, you have things like uh, body image, right? 
Um, and this is from the conversations I've had with clients. You know, they have body image things and issues and um, not issues, but, you know, they, they see themselves as a specific way, maybe or in their earlier years, maybe high school or something like that. Like, this is the body image I want to have or pre, pre-baby body. Like yeah. a lot of moms will tell me, too. They're trying to get back to that. You know, and, and of course, the deeper reason why is that they want to be more confident. They want to feel better in their clothes. It gives yeah. them more confidence. But another huge issue that I find, and it's maybe some people, is that, you know, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, what, the, the women are the nurturers of our family, right? Mm-hmm. They're the, they're the, the, the matriarchs. They, they, you know, women have to take on so much. So I salute Talk all of me. you. I salute all of those strong women that are doing it, right, for themselves. Their yeah. family is doing it for themselves, right? They're, they're like the glue that holds our families together, sure. right? They're the glue that, I mean, they're the glue that holds our families together. So it is so important that you are doing the things and you are staying around the people that fulfill you and fill your cup before you go pouring out into the rest of your family. And it's so hard to have that positive self image or to do the things in the gym specifically. So when you talk about dieting and things like that, yeah. I get clients all the time that, that tell me like, hey, my boyfriend, my spouse, my husband, they don't eat the same things that I do. Or my family doesn't eat the same things that I do. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for me to take that extra time to eat more health-promoting food because everybody in my household is not on the same page with that. And, yeah. and what I tend to tell my clients is that, you know what? Two things. One when people start to see that you're actually making strides in the right direction and they start to see the changes happening in you and you start saying, no, I'm not eating that. And they see that you're, you know, your fitness is changing. You're making a time. They will start to conform. They will start to conform around you. Right. Um, and two, in, in this time, if, if, it's hard to change someone else's opinion or change other people around you, oh, yeah. but, but what you can do, is take the necessary time for you. If you know going to the gym makes you feel good, if you know being taking that one-hour therapy session, whether it be virtual or in-person, makes you feel better, to make you a better spouse, a better mom, a better coworker, that's the time that you need to do, to take, to make it better for your family so that you're at the highest level of yourself so you can really contribute to our family. So I, for me, that's, that's the two things that I find um, that are the biggest detractors in in women specifically in their weight loss is the people around them yeah the who's around them right um and then you know the the you know what they take on and stuff like that so i think it's so important that women take the time that they need to everyone take the time to but women specifically because you're the matriarchs you're the glue that holds our family together you take that necessary time to fill your cup first then you'll be able to pour into others and when you start to make that shift the people around you will start to make the room that they need to and start to see that you're serious and start moving the way that you want to see them. Yeah, because I, I, I do feel like a lot of women have kind of like an instinctually nurturing sort of absolutely tendency. It's instinctual because biologically, they're the, right. Biologically, right. They're the right. ones that carry the babies. Yeah. They're the ones that 100%. milk the babies. They take, they usually are the nurture, they have it nurturing uh, yeah. thing. So when they, depending on their environment, it might actually really influence yeah. them because, you know, if they're not, able to nurture themselves, how are they going to nurture everyone around them? So, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> so happy fellas, life is a happy life. That's a fact. So, <laughs> so fellas, I'm going to take it, I'm going I'm to put it on the men now. I'm going to say this. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm going to put it on the men. It, it's up to, it's, it's the men to support our women. We have to. We have yeah. to. We have to give them that, that space, that time. Like, if you're in a relationship with somebody and... They want to go. I'm speaking to the men specifically. If you're in a relationship with somebody and they want to go to the gym, they want to work out, they want to get a trainer, the right one, not the creepy ones. They want to get, <laughs> they want to see a therapist. They want to see somebody that's going to ultimately help them. Yeah. The benefits are going to come back to you too. Do not hold them back. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So back it's to you and family and the family too. Right, bro. Like, yo, and then, I mean, there's a lot of insecure men, but we're going to, yeah, we got, we got to <laughs> take care the next one. But, yeah, um, gotta take care of the but women. no, you, you have, you have to, yeah, you have yeah, to, yeah, because yeah. you know, the, 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 the benefit is going to come back to you at the, in the, in the long run, you know? Exactly. So like my wife works out, like I know that when my wife gets her workout in, 
it's like it's yeah. the best day i'm like baby you want to go work out yeah. go take that time i got yeah, the baby yeah. like go get your workout in you know you want to you want to lose weight you want to feel better about yourself then definitely do that because I know that it's going to be such a huge benefit for our family. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I, I love how we got into family because I'm big on family. Absolutely. Huge. And I think that uh, what has really broke a lot of families apart uh, is social media. I, mm. I like I think the getting validation for social media, seeing it as idealizing a lot of these celebrities and things. Nicki Minaj just had a third baby and she looks like that. That's how I want to look like after my third baby, right? <laughs> yeah, so a lot crazy, of people actually. aren't understanding that a lot of those things out there are not real, not realistic, men mm. and women. Yeah. And I think one thing men have to understand, too, is that your woman's having kids. Her body's not going to be the same. Her, no. her yeah. organs are going to move around places. Things are going to change. And you're going to have to look at the family unit and the benefits of the family as your primary want in life. Right? Yeah. Like, like Dre was talking about earlier. Like, once you have that family, not all men turn like that. Some men are mm. like, oh... I can get some, I get a batter bitch now, right? <laughs> so now you're going to be my baby mama and right, I'm going right. to go get the next one. Yo, kept yeah, talking right now. Yo, right? Some men need Yo. to learn, bro. It's true. Some men be wilding. <laughs> Yo, right? the, and the social media thing is, the social media thing is crazy. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, like. I'm not going to lie. I felt victim I, to that shit too. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know what media. it is, but I, I mean, also <laughs> the other side of it is like, it's so crazy that I see, we, or we see, we see these women that want to do all of these modifications to their body, their face, and things like that. To, yeah. But the men, like, got the beer bellies. Yeah, the yeah, men yeah. are the ones that are, like, <laughs> in worse shape than, than women. And, and, and men already have a, a lower life expectancy than women. So it's yeah. like, you really need to be taking care of yourself. So I, I don't know what it, it, like, specifically, whether it's biological, whether it's nature versus nurture. That, that for you, my man Dre is going to break that all down in a minute. But I, people, yeah, people, I... I, I idolizing celebrities and things like that. First of all, first of all, we don't know what anyone's mental state is. And we, yeah. and we do see that a lot of mental, right. a lot of, and a lot of celebrities. celebrities will come out yeah. and like, Oh my goodness, I had this breakdown and here we are a looking lot. at them like, yeah. Hey, they have X, Y, and Z, all of this money. They Suicides. have the fame, yeah. all of these Suicide things, yes, sir. all of the, all of these things. So we got to be secure in ourselves. We got to be secure in ourselves. Maybe deactivate the Instagram account for a little bit, social media. Right. And, and get secure in our in our own right, mm -hmm. but um it even, again, it even it even gets very political. So now we're about to get. Into <laughs> I feel like social media is more geared towards like the liberal ideologies, and like family life is more geared towards the conservative uh, ideologies. Mm. And I think that's something yeah. basically to. Uh, yeah. it, we're gonna talk the about it. in the room right now. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it. Talk it, talk, so Drake. I, I don't know. I just feel like when, when it comes to media, yes, you're right. Social media has been influencing people in the wrong ways. And, and even TikTok, for example, bringing up all this gender ideology stuff, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kevin's laughing because he knows I'm about, yeah, about to put it is coming out. <laughs> but yeah, so like the whole gender ideology thing is, is nuts. You know, like how's that influencing people's seasonal affective disorder? How's that influencing people's uh, mental health and their physical health. You know what I mean? If you're going to go ahead and identify as, uh, you know what I mean? Like if you're a man and you're going to identify as a woman, how is that literally going to affect you going to the gym or how you feel about going to the gym? Because mm, okay. you're probably going to be very, uh, you know, like sort of weary about going to the gym and everyone's, you know, you're going to feel like everyone's looking at you and stuff like that. So how does that affect you? I feel like that now. These, these are <laughs> these are topics that need to be discussed. I mean, True. for those individuals, True. you know what I mean? For people who are like confused in that mindset. I mean, I don't know what you guys feel. I know like you guys know, like I talk about this all the time, but I'm just trying to squeeze this topic in here. Squeeze it in here right squeeze now, right? Squeeze it in here right now. I mean, I, I think I, it's nuts. I think what, what social media is doing to people is, is, is kind of really influencing them in that direction. And, we, and nobody can talk about it because once you start talking about it, you're going to get canceled and that's it. You're all, I, your I feel, over. I feel as a, like, and I mean, this is going to, this is going to come out weird, but, um, I, I have, I have friends that, I have friends that are gay, friends that are, you know, the, the friends that are gay, things like that. And it's, and, and for s sometimes like even right now, it's like, I don't even know the right words to say as a straight, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as a straight, I'm, as a I'm straight. I'm talking about sexuality though. I'm talking more about identity. Oh, identity. Okay. Yeah, sexuality so I mean, is like, I mean, for, yeah. I mean, for me, see, look, I'm even getting confused right, right now, but yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think for me and, and looking from the outside, because I'm not in that world, yeah. I feel like it is something that I need to know more about now. Mm. You know, so I don't even know how to address it. Like even right. having this conversation right now, I don't know how to address it. So it's like, do I stay away from it and don't say anything mm -hmm. or do I 
immerse myself into finding out more of it. I think I think the inf- I think the answer is I should find out more about it. But it's like I don't know enough about that ideology and how, and how it affects me to even know like okay. Where do I go mm-hmm. yeah, first sure. about it? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't know careful. enough about yeah, the, yeah, yeah like right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> you know, and 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 I just want to be. Uh, first yeah. of all, I love I love comedy. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'll crack a joke in a minute, and and it's and, and it's. I got a joke too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we got jokes, and it's important to know, and and it's important to know the difference. I think some some people use comedy as a as a way to pull people in yeah, and, sure. and yeah. make light of certain situations, but at the same sure. time, still show what that aspect is of that conversation. But you know, I I just I I personally don't feel like I don't know enough about. That yeah. to to even to even speak on it. So yeah. so I do go to your page a lot and like look like, huh? How do I how do I feel about that? Yeah. How do I feel about what's going on in 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 Gaza right now? Like how do I feel about certain yeah. topics? So I think as I think as human beings, right? Everyone, every, I think I think as as living beings. I mean, whatever you identify with, yeah. as as I think it's just about having a heart and understanding. Like, hey, there are people that are going through things other than me, mm-hmm. and. I'm not judging, but at the same time, I want to figure out what it is yeah. and how it plays a role in my life and those around me and my loved ones. Yeah. So. I mean, the whole, the whole like, the reason why I brought the topic up is because we're talking about social media. And yeah. Social media has a big influence on this particular topic. I feel, uh, you know, as a mental health counselor in the field, I just feel I've seen, like, an uprising of individuals identifying as they, them, post-COVID. You know, pre-COVID, mm. it wasn't like that. So what was happening? Like what's that. the what's the magical equation in this whole puzzle of people identifying as whatever they want to identify as. I, I think people were home for too long and kind of consuming this information from like TikTok. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to get a little conspiracy-like here a little bit and say that I think, you know, China, you know, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. Okay. So, I, you know, I'm wondering if like China kind of like was pushing all these things during COVID lockdowns and kind of like really emphasizing on the whole idea of promoting people who were talking about, oh, identify as this pronoun, identify as that pronoun. I mean, that's like the only thing I could really think about because pre-COVID, nobody was really talking about that stuff. Nobody was really even mm. engaging and changing their pronouns. It was during COVID that you started seeing even on the Zoom calls, people labeling their pronouns, they, them, she, her, he, you know, so where was mm. this all coming from? I only heard like probably like one or two students pre-COVID talking about it. Now I go back into the schools. It's like you got 30 kids talking about it. Mm. There's a difference. Something happened. Something changed within the culture of education or in the culture of social media. I don't know what it is, but I'm seeing it. And I'm seeing it firsthand. You know, I, the other day, like I keep saying, I have clients that come to me and they tell me these things about, oh, she identifies as this. The other day, someone was saying, oh, like um, she was talking about their, um, I don't know, like a college student was talking about one of the teachers and I was like, oh, what, 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 you know, what, what, is, what, she kept saying they, and I'm just like, well, uh, uh, is it like a her? And she's like, oh, no, they go by they, them, but they're presenting female. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, okay. All right. I mean, so it's a, is it a woman or a man? Like, just let me know. <laughs> I'm just curious to know. Right, right, like, right. Like, what is it? Like, so I'm just, I, I don't know. It's making me feel weird and I'm just not kind of like used to it, I guess. And it's something yeah, that's new yeah. and you kind of have to just get used to it, I guess. But that means then you're succumbing to that. What if you don't believe in it? Then that's another thing. Then you look like the jerk, right? If you don't agree with it. I mean, it, it's, it's very, it's very political. And I think honestly, all it's doing is just causing more divide. Division, yeah. More yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, like as as I said, like it's it's for the exact same reason that you said. Mm-hmm. I think now we're living through a time where, you know, whether 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 we're speaking about mental health, physical health, there's so much out there, right? And you have yeah. to use your own discernment and yeah. be like, what side of the fence? Like, not even what side of the fence. How do I personally feel about this? Mm-hmm. Am I judging like like everything that's going on? You see, see yeah, what's going Israel on, like, and, 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 bro. And this God, is like Palestine, like Palestine. I I don't know what to make of it, but I just know that people are dying. And yeah, that doesn't sit sad. well with me. Yeah, it's sad, you know what I'm saying. Man. Like, like I, that does that just doesn't. I'm, sit I'm well gonna with say me. something to everyone on that topic just real quick. Is to like, it's gonna affect your mental health if you keep watching videos of people dying. Facts. You're, so yeah. try to limit that because that yeah. I've had people coming in this past week talking about it, being like, I watch videos all day about seeing Hostages. babies blown up and people's bodies all over the place yeah. and i'm like so and i'm noticing people expressing things like oh i've been angry at my wife more often or i've been mm. I, I i i stopped talking to this person i think there's some sort of connection between you seeing that stuff and then influencing your behaviors on a subconscious level yeah you might be like using one of those defense mechanisms like sublimation or 
displacement or regression without even realizing it that that because to see war like that it's inhumane so yeah. to anybody with a with a conscious mind or you know working mind welcome to mind works podcast would probably be you know influenced by that to some degree somehow some yeah. way so i would advise try not to like look at crazy no. videos of bodies it's... being blown up and people shooting other people and blood and gore and stuff like we, that it's media is putting trauma. that stuff out really strongly vicarious trauma it's like when you're an experience, other people's trauma, secondary, mm-hmm. some of your the ways that you've reacted to trauma in the, in the past starts to come up as well. I forgot right. about that. Like you're living through that individual. Yeah. Like yeah. You're kind of living yeah. through those. those or traumas. even so, just your other things that you have unresolved and mm. ways in which you resolve them are coming up. So it sounds like, you know, if this happens to me, too, where I'm more of like a I do more of the phoning, that the agreeability, the like getting uh, comforting the situation because I, I don't know. Some people do the fight, the flight, mm. the freeze, right? So some people are just frozen. They really have nothing to say, don't know what to say. Yeah. Some people are fighting, whether it's verbally, physically, right? right. And then some people are disassociating completely right. from the whole matter. Right. So you, I'm more of a phone, phoning type. Like, I'll be agreeable. I'll try to, like, please everyone. Like, mm-hmm. you know, be very careful because if I say this and this group of people is going to get yeah, mad yeah. if I say that. <laughs> so that's more of, of my thing. But like, I'm aware that if I watch these videos, which I like flip through because I know myself, something's going to come up mm-hmm. and then other, I, the symptoms that might come up, I might not even understand myself. So right. I'm, I'm the same, I'm the the same way. Media. I'm kind of like a people pleaser too. And I'm pretty yeah. much like, I, I'm careful with what I say sometimes. But when I talk about the gender ideology thing, the only reason why I have such a strong viewpoint is because I see how it affects people negatively yeah. on a daily basis. Right. Like I, I work with the day thems. I work with those type of individuals and I see how they suffer and yeah. it sucks. You right. know, so right. I'm just like, I don't want people to suffer like this. Right. So I just think, hey, like, let me talk about it and voice myself on yeah. that and use my voice as a tool to like steer people as much people away from that as possible. You know, because it, it is like I, I see the suffrage from such an ideology that you fall into when you fall into like gender neutrality and try to make things genderless. It's it's just a part of life. It's a part of what makes meaning within people. There's the boys, there's the girls, there's the pink, there's the blue. It, it exists naturally almost. Why is it always there? You know, why mm. is it that baby shot uh, uh baby reveal parties that it's blue and pink? Why is that? You right, know, like right. what are you gonna pop a balloon? It's gonna be white and everyone's gonna be like, Okay, that's the baby and nothing. Like, how does that even make sense in terms of reality? Don't take away the gender reveal parties. I love them. Don't take that shit away. Don't take it away. Like, we're all all happy with that. And, you know, it's individuals that, you know, kind of like don't look forward to having kids that are that way. Mm, You know what I mean? So mm. it's like it takes away from the parents to some degree. And then as a parent, you got to worry about your child's education and what they're teaching your child in a public school. I mean, they're probably like throwing this stuff at their face. And there's so much evidence out there that you right. can find online that it, that's happening. Mm. Schools are, some districts are teaching kids about gender ideology and LGBTQI plus A, whatever. You know, and that it's, it's kind of, you know, as a parent, do you want your kid to be sort of indoctrinated by that stuff? Do you want your kid to know what that is and sort of take it in into their own identity? And become part of that, you know. So it's something to think about, you know. I don't know. Like, what do you think? That's heavy. I th- <laughs> bringing it back to food and fitness. Right, bring, bring it back to me. I think after this, I need a detox. I need to really like think about the things that I look at on a daily basis. Because every time I come up here, I get some new information. I'm like, wow, I didn't, I, didn't, I had no thought about that. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, based on what you're saying, I think it's homeschool. So, um, <laughs> I think, short answer, I think it's homeschool. No, so. I don't want to no. even do the homeschool because then that's you giving up on the system. True. So okay, got you. You're going to allow a bunch of other kids to go through that process, and then your kid is going to be the outcast, probably. Mm. You know so make I mean? a new school. So like, make a new school. <laughs> or just go into yeah. that school and, and be, be present, a parent be present and be and present right. and, be, and, and yeah. tell the district, like, look, I don't want my child learning about this. Why are you True. teaching them this? Why are you presenting books on sexual content in fifth grade? Like, what the hell is the, your problem? You know, you have to be, I guess, kind of like the parent. And I am going to be that parent. So the right. school that my son is going to, he's going to a public school. Right. right so right. I'm, I'm going to be that parent. Right. I'm going to be the one that's going to, yes, all the other are. parents are going to thank me on the low. They're going to be like, good job, Jay, good job. I'm going right, to be like, right, yeah, right. I got you, I got you. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to give up on the kids. You know what I mean? Not like, hear you. I'm not going to give up on them. So that's just my, that's my viewpoint. <laughs> Don't give up on the kids. We're not, we not giving up on the kids. We're not giving up on the kids. We're not giving up on the kids. Not letting that nonsense infiltrate we not, their we're mind. We're not giving up on the kids. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just my opinion about it, though. But 
I have one question that's been on my in the back of my head and we could definitely close it out too is I there's a second time you mentioned being in um um grass fed diet. I'm sorry, you plant based. Plant based diet. Vegan. Is that yeah. is there something we should know? Like is there a superpower behind there? Like because I've heard of it a lot. But I don't know if it's for me. I'm 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 gonna say that it's 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 for anyone who 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 makes it for them. Okay. You know, um it's for anyone who makes it for them and just like everything else that we're that we're talking about, you have to put yourself to the test and see how how you actually feel with doing it. Um do your research and do I feel like everyone should be vegan? Veganism mm-hmm. is a mentality, right? It's yeah, it's sure. it's understanding that there's a there's a hierarchy, no species is over another, right? So for that reason, I choose not to eat eat animals because some people are veganism for the animals, some are, some are vegan for the planet, some are vegan for health, right? Yeah. Right. So it's important to understand which which lane yeah. you're going down. Mm-hmm. Um, so like uh, the philosophical lane, the right biological lane, and then the well the health biological health, health lane. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then there's the the, the, the theoretical, the I guess theoretical. you want to say lane, right? So I. I it's it's important but nonetheless it's important to realize that our food system now going back to conspiracy our food system now is not like what it was even one generation ago oh, right 10 That's 20 facts. they're making like 30, fake 40, food now they're fake, yeah, fake literally meat. fake food so yeah. so even fake even with everything. that even 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 with my vegans right or people that choose to eat plant-based or people that are not eating plant-based and and they do eat meat diets but they enjoy every once in a while having a beyond burger or impossible things like that like i don't think that we know enough about the food that's out now all these new materials and all these new manufactured foods to understand what it's going to do to our bodies 20 years down the line from now exactly what what may happen 20 years in 2042 there might be a study that came out like hey if you ate this type of food back then you could be at risk for x y and z right so i don't think that we know but there are certain foods that have been around i.e. vegetables you're gonna you're gonna be the one to like be like i was right yeah yeah i mean i I mean hopefully hopefully i'm not right and it's not it's not about being right or wrong no no you (laughs) (laughs) we always play around up here so i love it it's like it's light in this room right it feels like but but there is a it's undeniable I'm sure that we all know somebody. I'm sure everybody on here that's watching this knows someone in their family that has suffered from hypertension, mm-hmm. diabetes, high cholesterol, uh, high blood, uh, high, hypertension, high, di- uh, diabetic, high A1C, other ailments, obesity, diabetes, yeah, right? All of, all of these things that why for the last 10 to 20 years of your life should you be dealing with these ailments and on prescription drugs, right? Yeah. And it's not... And granted, yes, there are some things that are genetics. There are a lot of things that are genetics, right? There, there are certain genetics that decide the color of our eyes, mm-hmm. that, that decide our height. Those are deciding factors. Mm-hmm. But there are other ones that are just, that are optional. Yes, if you, if you don't eat well, right, then you will be obese because you come from a bigger family, right? If you do eat this type of food, you're more prone to being diabetic. But that doesn't mean that you will be diabetic, right? right? That. Point blank period. On on my mom's side of the family, diabetes is rampant. But you also know what, what else what also is rampant on that side too? People don't necessarily take care of their health, right? People don't necessarily take care of their health. We also are not teaching and passing down healthy, whether it be mental health or physical health, we're also not passing down those healthier traits and habits to our to our kids. Like when we come home late and we're scrambling and rushing for whatever reason, and the first thing we do is order Uber Eats. And our child sees that. Like, that's that's yeah. that's that's what we do. So, what do you think your kid will do as they get older? Your yeah. child will do as they get older. They're going to yeah. continue to do the same things, the same habits, be in the same uh, the, the the same mindset as 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 our parents. That's why we toughen it up and be taught the, <laughs> and be taught the same way. So, I think that going back to being plant based. I don't think that everyone needs to be plant-based. I do find that if you have an affinity towards the animals and understanding like, hey, maybe, uh, you know, and there's studies that show like greenhouse gases are the highest because of um, farm, am- farm animal agriculture, 
right? So so there's they're saying that you know there's uh you know just the meat the meat industry, right? The all the methane that's released from manure and things like that are doing more harmful to our do our more harm to our ozone layer than any CO two from a car would, right? So if you're in it for that reason, right? I'm just sending everybody down a rabbit yeah. hole. If you're in it for that reason, be in it for that reason. If you're in it for the health aspect of it, I'm gonna say that I feel the best that I've felt in a very long time. My joints feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's all just off of eating grains. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm just more mindful about the food. I can't say yeah. that enough. There's certain things that I don't eat now because it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, like, like you know, it makes yeah. me feel weighed down. I mean, by the time this comes out, if it is Thanksgiving, if it's right afterwards, mm-hmm. we all know that itis feeling, right? Yeah. From eating super Jeez. oily food. Yeah, yeah. We're eating a lot of starch. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're eating like a lot of a lot of meats. That's why every once in a while I think that everyone should do some type of detox or cleanse yeah every oh, every good. every like a fast season, or something a fast every yeah. every every season we should do some type of detox or cleanse just to reset your body yeah. right i don't think there's anyone that would argue with the fact that hey if i eat too much if i eat too much of one type of product if i eat too much meat and and i feel like way down like do you want to feel like that forever like all the time so yeah, yeah. so you want to make the best uh, possible decision if that leads you down the, the the route of being or eating plant-based and vegan then let it lead you down that route and stay on that route if it makes you feel feel better but vegetables whole grains fruits um every once in a while utilizing the 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 habit of fasting will definitely would definitely help and make you and make you feel better thank you yeah, absolutely. Great. Keep that in mind. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it, Kev. I say we should do a fast. We should do a fast. I was thinking about a beer. We should do a cleanse. We should do it. Yeah, we should do it. Should do it. You know what I'm saying? We'll think of like some. I was thinking about a burger and a beer. That's what I was thinking about. Kev, you want to get some wings after this? Before we start the cleanse, we just like go out like five guys and wings. You know what I'm saying? Burgers and beers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Chips and cerveza or something like that. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but anyway, no, but, Devon, it was it was a pleasure having you on the yo, podcast once again. You know, I yes, definitely sir. look forward probably to seeing you sometime soon. If Part three, another yeah. topic comes up, you know, we could talk about it, we could sit and just discuss it. But uh, once again, thank everybody for tuning in. Perfect. All right, Devon, thanks so yo, much, man. It was a pleasure. Uh, yes. Come All right, back man. For part three. Yeah, I will definitely be back here for part for part three. For part um, three. Love you guys. You guys are guys awesome. are dope. Like the hard hitting conversations, like they're they're great. <laughs> any, any one minute. Words for your people, our people, everyone yeah, out there where, struggling. Where, where yeah. can they get, find you at? They need, they need to get back on track. You can find you could you could find me on 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 all social media platforms at at Mister underscore Make It Happen Mr underscore Make It Happen. You can look up Devon Livingston. Uh, my fitness business is Losing Tone Fitness. I didn't get to talk about it, but uh, we are launching our new meal prep business. It's called Nourished Meals, uh, formerly L and T Meals, but we're 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 launching relaunching our our, our our nourish meals uh, is food to fuel your life, right? Yes. So we're doing we're doing meal preps um, for those that want to want to eat healthier, that want that want to save time from from the kitchen um, and cooking and stuff like that. We are doing that. My wife, our business partner, shout out to Lisa. Um, we're 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 launching nourish meals. I think that the most important thing that we all should do is be mindful. I think I think mindfulness. Yes. Being intentional about our actions, being intentional about our thoughts will yield us a, a, a better, more fulfilling life and a happier life at the end of the day. And and, um, and the happier, more fulfilled our lives are, the better actions that we'll take and um, the better we'll feel ultimately. And, and yo, Kev, I do want to say, yes, we got to go to one of his events. Like, we have to go to one yo, of his events. He be so, making them sweat, the, man. I've been yo, checking out his Instagram. Wallace, Wallace, Wallace workout. Wallace the workout. Next, yo, the next one is December 9th. Sorry yo, about that. Yo, yo, next one is December 9th. I would love to see you guys yes, there. Yes, Kev. It's going to be... Oh, uh, my name. It, it's going to be... It's going to be in Brooklyn. You guys dance? You guys on the dance? I do. Yo, if you come out to... If you come out to Wallace workout December 9th, I'll make sure that I have the Latin music playing. So it. for the entire career being diaspora so we got we got soca music we got afrobeat we got uh uh latin we got everything we're gonna have a a, a zumba dance instructor so okay. it'll be fine if y'all come yeah. out Straight i'm gonna flavor. put that Straight everything flavor. all the all flavors, flavors. flavors. Yeah. that's it so we're Let's bringing it. we're it's, bringing it's like early in the morning to usually right? we're doing it's gonna be from 10 to about 2 p.m if you guys come out i'll make sure it runs a little bit later you uh, know what i'm saying there won't be any beers there so it's only health we're promoting yeah. right all right <laughs> so come out that'll be dope i'm gonna hold y'all to that once again good looks and check us out and check devon out where where he told you to go follow him at and peace out peace